If you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in uh, John, 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to finish up our, our, our uh, mini-series on the doctrine of man. Uh, we didn't cover every topic on the doctrine of man. We hit the, hit the high points. Um, I'm not going to, uh, a lot of times when you talk about the doctrine of man, sometimes you talk about the doctrine of sin uh, in that. Uh, I'm not going to uh, dwell on that. Uh, I'll, I'll hit that at another time. Uh, but I, I really wanted to focus on, on community. Right, so here's what my hope is tonight. Is my hope is to, to walk through uh, why and how we're created for community in, in the scriptures, uh, and then right after the sermon, after we pray, I want to ask you, right, uh, what are ways that we can help foster better community in the life of our body? Right, it's kind of make you think about a family meeting um, on a Wednesday night, just asking that question. Hey, what are some things that we can practically do uh, to help us live out the the word that we just heard? So 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 5 and following. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation of our sins, and not ours only, but the sins also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Father, we pray that tonight as we study your word, that you would prick our hearts in reminding us yet again that we were created for community. We pray, God, even as we look at this text, that we would remind ourselves that when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So we pray that you would continue to work your sanctifying power in the life of our body. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I won't have you turn there since we've been there the last several, uh, several weeks, but in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, uh, we, we see the kind of the, the pinnacle of, of creation. Uh, so in Genesis 1, 1, let, God said, uh, let there be light, right? Uh, God created. God created the heavens and uh, the earth. Um, in Genesis 1, 26, after the six days, on the sixth day, we, we see that uh, God said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he created them. So there's something about our very nature that is being made in community. God, our triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, who eternally lives in, in community, chose to make us to live in community. So if you're listening to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, what you hear over and over again, it was good, it was good, it was good, and after man was created, male and female, it was, 
very good. It was very good that male and female were created. And the only time you see in the Garden of Eden before the fall, anything that was not good uh, was when in, 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 Matt, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, or verse 18, it was not good that the man was alone. Now, oftentimes when we look at that, that text, God says, I'll make a helper fit for him. I'm going to make a companion. I'm going to make a, a helper, one, one who's going to come alongside. And this is where we get this picture of marriage and Adam and, and Eve, uh, male and, and female, husband and, and wife. Uh, but I think we can make that extension, right, that really what a husband and wife symbolize is a, a, a deep fellowship, a, a community, husband and wife. And I think that what God has created us for, he's actually created us for community. He's created us for one another. Because by the extension, what did God say to that male, man and that woman? He said, be fruitful and multiply. Meaning what? Make your own community, right? Make your own family. What we see in Genesis chapter 3 uh, we see the community is fractured, right? So God created us for community, and then the, the community is, is fractured in Genesis chapter 3. And it all begins with, with distrust, with the distrust of the serpent coming into the garden and saying, did God really say? Now, we can see that fracture still happening today. Think about your own relationships, your, your own, own friendships, and how many of them have been fractured by distrust. You don't believe that the people that you think should care about you do care about you, and that may be a whisper in your head from the evil one, or that may be a whisper that they actually shared with somebody else and lost trust with you, right? Uh, the, the, the first whisperer, Satan, came to the garden and questioned God, and because he questioned God, Eve eventually stopped having the friendship with God, and she fell into sin along with, with Adam. And since then, we, ha- we are hiding ourselves from our relationship with God. And I would say we're not only hiding ourselves from our relationship with God, we are hiding ourselves from relationship with one another. We are not revealing ourselves, sharing our full life with those in our, in our lives. Now, there's lots of reasons for that. One of the things that I pray is that as a community of faith, that we would not only have relationships in, in the sense that we know each other and that we care for each other, but that we would actually truly know each other and care for each other as we know each other if that makes sense. You know, we could be in here, we could be in the same, same church, and we can see each other across the room, and we can have a genuine affection for the people in this room, and that's wonderful. And yet that is not all that God wants in our, in, our, in, our, in our body. God wants us to have a depth of community. And over the last several months, several have come to me having that desire, having that ache in their heart that they want deep community, they want deep friendships. So there's something going on in our, in our body, in our own community that says, maybe we're not doing as, as, as well as we ought. Or maybe there's things that we might be able to tweak. And I don't think this is our whole body wide. I think there's several, mem- several of our fam- church families and maybe, maybe a plethora who have deep friendships and deep community with one another, right? So this is not one of those things that says, this is everything that we're doing wrong, right? And that's not what I'm saying at all. But there's something that we know God created us for community. We know that community was fractured. But there are some some obstacles for our community. So in our text that I want you to look at, 1 John 1, beginning in verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So this idea of light and darkness is very real. Maybe think about transparency and hiddenness, right? So I think that the closest people that I have in my life are the ones that I reveal or I'm 
transparent with, or I'm truly walking in the light with them. Now, I may not walk in the light with every single person in my life about revealing every single thing I'm struggling with, but there are some who are in the light with me, right? That I'm not keeping anything in darkness with, with them. It says, if we say we have fellowship with him, with God, and then we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. Now, again, how are, are we thinking about these things? I mean, we can take these about sins of the heart, right? Jealousy, lust, anger, um, you know, bitterness. Those, are, those may be things of, of the heart. But I, I also think that these are things that, that we're practicing, right? That we're, 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 we're practicing against um, each other. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, this is where I want to, want to rest, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So when we say that we follow Jesus Christ, and you see that, the reason why I read chapter 2, it says if we walk in the light, we, we want to we wanna live like Jesus. We abide like Jesus. We, our, our lives become more and more like, like Jesus. It says when we do that, when we live our lives in such a way to be in the light, to be transparent, to be open, to, to hold on to Christ, we actually have fellowship with one another. Because we see that community is fractured in the garden but what we see in the gospel is God recreating community. He's recreating us for community, right? He is, he, he's, he's taking upon our sin on the cross. He, he, he bore it. He took it to the grave, and he was raised from the dead. So now the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. So now there's the, the wall of hostility is now broken. The wall between Jew and Gentile is broken. The, the wall between male and female is broken. The wall between Greek and and, and Jew is broken. Why? It's because of the gospel. We looked at that even as we talked about salvation with male and, and female. And I think this is what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus really wants us to have fellowship with one another. He wants to have deep community with one another. And there's lots of reasons why we don't have it. I was reading a book on friendship this past week, and uh, he says there's three things, and I think we kind of heard a little bit from Pastor Drew, a little bit, even, even the talk that I gave on Sunday evening, um, on the 12th, is there's, there's, he says three things that I think are causing some of the challenges for our, our deep community, right? Uh, no, number one would just be busyness, right? We have too much going on, and because we have too much going on, we can't really connect with people, right? Um, or we perceive that other people have too much going on, and therefore you're not going to reach out to them, right? Um, I could probably, you know, if I had, how many times people came to me and said, uh, I don't want to bother you, pastor, right? Or I'm sure you're really busy, right? So there's an assumption, even when someone's not busy, maybe they are busy, and if you're really busy, well, then you wouldn't want to hang out with, with me, right? So I think busyness is, is something that we have to, to worry, work, work on. I was talking to one of our staff the other day and trying to think through how can we as a congregation not be so busy, Right? You know, we hear, hear a message on anxiety, and one of the, maybe the root causes of anxiety and being overwhelmed is being really busy. And then we look at our Sunday, right? This is just an honest confession. You know, we had Sunday school, we had church, we had, you know, for us, we had an elders meeting, we had a members meeting, then we had an evening service. That's like, well, that seems like a lot. And we love the church, but man, maybe, maybe, that's just, maybe that's just too busy. You know, so I think busyness is, is, is a problem of our culture, Right? And, you know, we are, sometimes we're busy because we want to serve others. We want to go beyond our limits, like, like, like Pastor Drew said. Sometimes we're just busy because we don't know how to say no. Sometimes we're, we're, we're too busy just because we want to silence the brain, right, and not think about things. And sometimes we're too busy because we want to be too busy for people. So number one, busyness. Number two, technology. 
right? Technology is a, is a wonderful tool, but it's also a dangerous evil, right? Um, you know, it's so hard sometimes to even engage with people, like you're, you're facing them face-to-face because you hear the beeps and the buzzes, right? And you're wondering what else is happening, right? So it's like, what, who else needs me right this moment? You have this, this moment. And so you may personally not have that problem, right? You may personally, hey, when you're in a meeting, you're talking to someone, the phone's away, the phone's off, and you're locked into that person, right? But the person you're talking to may be locked into that phone or locked into that, those beeps and buzzes, right? So you're looking at them, and they're looking at their phone and wondering, right? I was having that battle in my own heart today, right? So he, here's what I'm saying. I think that that technology piece is sometimes is, is troubling. And let's just be honest. Like, if you really want to have someone in a close relationship, seeing them face-to-face, hearing their, 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 their body pre- expressions, you know, I love counseling, and I love counseling in person because people reveal things by their body language. They, they actually reveal things they don't want you to see. And if you're paying attention, you can see that. This is what true friendship is. Like, you ask someone a question, and their face changes, and you're like, oh, excuse me, why'd your face change? Like, you don't press, but you may say, okay, that person just, they're not happy with something that I said, right? Now, in a text message, you can't always communicate that. Things are, are I mean, listen, texting is fine. Don't say don't ever text, but, you know, sometimes a text is better than a phone call, okay, for little things. Um, <clears throat> um, but here, here's the idea. Like, technology has its limits, and I think so often that we're, like we said, we're uber-connected, and then we're not, we're not actually in depth of relationship with people. And listen, I'm not saying that you have to be in depth of relationship with every single person at the church. That's ludicrous. But you've got to be in depth of relationship with some people. You've got to have a relationship with some people. And sometimes we don't think we, we could do it at all. And what I'm saying from the text of Scripture, we were created for community, right? The community was fractured, and now we're, we're created for new community, right? The community of faith, right? We are brothers and sisters of one another. We are members of the same body with Christ as the head. We, we are you know, fathers and mothers and, and children. We are all part of the same family, right? So we have technology. We have, we have, we have busyness. Oh, man, there was one other one. What was that? I did write it down. There were my notes in my office. Um, technology. No. We'll just be embarrassed for a moment. Anyway, there's a third challenging thing uh, for, for, for our community, right? Um, so all, all I'm saying is that, that when we're trying to develop fellowship and deep community in 21st century America, there's going to be challenges that we're going to face, right? And I, I think it's very uh, easy to feel discontented in our communities. But here's what I want to say. The discontent that you feel maybe in your own relationships is actually given to you by the Lord. Because you think about this, even in the Garden of Eden, the only thing that was not good was Adam desiring to have a companion like him. And he didn't have one. He was desiring to have this. and That was the only thing that was not good. So there's something, maybe a, an ache of Eden, right, that, is, that we're longing for this deep community. So we have challenges. But I also think that we have opportunities. Because look at what this, this text says, right, in verse 7. So one of the reasons why we have deep community. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, right? So if you think about the church, and what happens? The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to rehash the sermon I preach on Sunday night, but I think that if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. If you hang out with people who are godly, you're going to become more godly, 
right? If you're going to hang out with people who are pursuing holiness, you're going to be more holy. Why? It's because the blood of Jesus is cleansing us. It's rooting those things out in our life. Just think about the time in your life when you didn't have good friends who were pursuing Christ. You became like them. I mean, I've heard from many of you who, when you work in certain industries, right? Uh, you work in, in maybe in a restaurant, and you hear the, the language all the time. Well, guess what happens? Maybe the, the, old, the old man or woman that used to be in you wants to well up, and you may have a hard time then controlling your language. You don't want to use profanity. You don't want to use coarse joking, but you're in an environment all the time that's pulling you over there, right? We need to understand the people who we surround ourselves with actually formed who we are going to be. And as a community, this is so important. We have to all be on the same page. Our main aim for every single person in this community as elders is you be transformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christ would be formed in you. We proclaim him, right? Teaching and admonishing everyone that you would become mature in Christ. We want you to become like the Lord Jesus. That's our aim. And if that's our aim, and that's your aim, we're all going to become more like Jesus Christ. Why? It's because the blood of Jesus is going to cleanse us as we have fellowship with one another. But when we isolate ourselves, when we pull ourselves away from the body, what happens? We actually struggle with more sin. We struggle with bitterness. We struggle with anger, right? Our our relationships with our spouses are are not as good. Our relationships with our kids are not as strong. This This is a real problem of 21st century America, right? So here's the thing. We can respond to this in one of two ways. We can say, okay, I don't have the community I want. Our church doesn't have the community I want. Therefore, our church is bad. Sayonara. I'm out. Right? And there may be people in our body that try and try and try to connect and don't, are not able to. And God may lead them to another fellowship where they can find a deeper community. Right? We are not the only church in town. Right? We're not trying to build the the, 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 the biggest church in town. We want to be a faithful church, right? Pastor Mark Watts of Stony Fork Community Church is here in the room, right? A great brother. He's pastoring, wants to pastor a great church, right? And he'll get there by God's grace, you know? Uh, so hear me. But the response of I don't have community, it's the church's fault, is ungodly. The response of, hey, I'm going to work for the change, Right? So I'm reading, reading things, and I want to ask myself first, hey, how, what do I need to do to grow? How do I need to, to foster better community? What do I need to do to, to, to love and serve the, the men and women of this church, church better to help foster that deeper, deeper community, right? That's that, that should be our, our response, right? We want to give ourselves to it. We want to work at it. And sometimes it might be a shift in schedule. Maybe you need to open up time in your day, right? Maybe you have to say no to certain things. Maybe you as a couple need to get on the same page and open up your home so you can have people in it together, right? And there's lots of different things that we, that we can do. But the end goal is if we don't have fellowship, beloved, we're going to become more like the world. Because what is the world? The world's fractured, disunified, and lonely. And we should never be lonely. One, because we have Christ who dwells with us, right, by his spirit. Praise God that we have the spirit that dwells in us. And because the spiritual isn't, he's putting this longing in our heart to recreate a new community. So when people walk into our body, they see a, a depth of, of relationship and, and, and love. And that's going to draw people, I want what you guys have. Now that is not easily fostered. So the thing that you have to first ask yourself is, is what is in me, in my life, that is hindering deep community, right? This is not a one-size-fits-all so here's one of the dangers when you preach a message like this is that <clears throat> this is just preaching in general, but
but in, in, in particular, when you, when you start dealing with different personalities, right, I can't tell you what every single person w- must do to build deeper fellowship or community, right? Sometimes it's going to be hard because you have teenagers, and your teenagers are, are, are active, and you're running all the different ways, and because of that, you're going to have limited time. You might have to work harder for friendships. You might have young kids at home, and you feel like all you're dealing with is, is, is you know, diapers and laundry. And you feel like, I don't have time for relationships, right? So I don't want to put a weight on you. Okay, that's not what I'm trying to, that's not what I'm trying to do, which I, easily can happen. But I do want to challenge you, right? Because if you are going to be a better friend, a better member of the body of Christ here, working for a greater depth of community here, what's going to happen is that I'm going to become more holy. You're going to become more holy. Why? It's because we're going to have fellowship with one another, and what's going to happen? The blood of Jesus is going to cleanse us, and we're going to become more like him, right? So every time that we say, you know what, I'm going to retreat and pull away from the body, you're hurting the body. You're hurting somebody else's holiness, somebody else's godliness, somebody else's joy, somebody else's love. So God gives us to each other so that we can be built up. You know, I, tell this to, I told this to our new members on Sunday. I said, listen, if God is calling you to Park Baptist Church, God is saying to us as elders, we need your gifts so that we can become who God wants us to be, right? God is assigning you to us so that we could use your varied gifts so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. And God has wants you to, to experience the, the varied gifts of Park Baptist Church so that you can become more like Jesus Christ. But that only works if we are using our gifts. And one of our gifts, or I should say most of our gifts, are used in community, right, to serve each other, okay? So that's kind of just a, a, a preamble, right? So what I want to do now, I'm going to pray that God would foster deeper community, and then I'm just going to ask you, right, as a body, right, how can we work to foster deeper community? Now, that may be structural things that the church needs to work on, and I'm happy to hear those, or that may be, hey, here's some personal things that I have found in myself that we can grow in, or or that may just be something that's off the top of your head that the Holy Spirit is revealing uh, to you. So let me pray, and then we'll probably about have a about 10 minutes of questions, or 10 minutes of conversation. Father, we, we do thank you that you and your kindness uh, have created us for community. We know that community is fractured because of the fall, and because of the fall, we know it's going to be hard. Uh, we have a society that makes it difficult um, uh, to develop deep friendships. Uh, we do pray, God, that you and your kindness, Lord, would, would meet us now, that you'd reveal things to us, and that you would have a healthy gospel conversation that would draw, draw us more to, to one another so that we could have deep fellowship, koinonia with one another, and therefore be further cleansed from our sin as we hold on to Christ. So Father, we pray that you would work now in Jesus' name. Amen. I know you're dying to wonder what was the third thing.